on the left. Well, I did two Thanksgivings that day. You know, just to mingle. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. How are you guys doing this morning? Did everyone have a good Thanksgiving this week? I mean, the Bills won, so there's a lot to be thankful for, right? I'm not going to work. Give me a second here. Yes, that was, a, that was a wonderful Thanksgiving for me. It was very, very relaxing and enjoyable um, time together, and hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Um, have a lot to be thankful for, have a lot to be grateful for. And in fact, that was a series we've been talking about the last couple uh, weeks is a, a gratitude, uh, or a, what is it? Um, a gratitude adjustment. Thank you. Um, yes, realizing all the things that we have to be grateful for. Amen? I'm grateful for my family, um, for my, my wife and my kids, um, and got to spend time with some extended family on, on Thursday. Uh, grateful to be with family. Um, grateful I got a lot of good friends um, that I'm grateful to be around. Uh, I have a great job and a great boss, which is great. For those who don't get the joke, I work here at the church with Pastor John, so yeah. Um, more than enough to eat, right? Especially this week. How many of you guys had more than enough to eat this week, right? Like maybe take a week off. Um, a lot of good things to be thankful for. But that's not all. There's even more that I have to be grateful for. The, uh, the check engine light on my pickup truck just came back on again. After, the, this, after fixing it two times, it just came back on. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, thanks. That's great. Um, our oven, which has been on its last leg for five years maybe, a long time, um, it's, now, it's still working like maybe 50% of the time. But it's at that point now where we need to start saving some money to, uh, to get that work, to uh, replace it. You know, I'm thankful for that. You know, there's nothing I love doing more than with my extra money than saving it for an oven. That's one of my favorite things to save money for. You guys, anyone else? <laughs> you know, you really want something to be thankful for. Um, look at the, uh, the value of your stocks in your investment account right now. That's something to, to be grateful for. So, Yes, it sounds like I'm being a little bit sarcastic. Okay, maybe I am being a little bit sarcastic, but like seriously though, I'm trying this new thing where I'm grateful for everything that God brings into my life. Amen, you guys with me? I'm trying, it's a, it's a gratitude adjustment for me to be grateful for whatever happens and however it happens, to find something to be grateful for it. And it sounds a little crazy when you say it. They're like, oh, my truck's not working. I'm, thank God for that. But, it's in the Bible. It's in James chapter 1. He talks about being grateful for these things. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. In James chapter 1, we're starting verse 2 right there to see what he has to say. So he's writing a letter, James is, to the, the early church, some of the early believers, and giving them some very clear, very practical instructions on how to walk out their faith, how to live the Christian life. Okay? And so he says, James 1 Starting in verse 2, the first instructions he gives them, he says, My brethren, count it all joy. Don't you love that opening? That's great. It makes me feel good. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work, 
that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you right now um, to come in. Thank you that you're here. We pray that you would come into our hearts and in our minds afresh. And I pray that you would teach us this morning what we need to learn from this letter from our brother James. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, um, to point to things in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds that need a little correction. And we invite that this morning. Amen? Wow, you guys are going to regret saying amen to that one. All right. So... (laughs) James encourages us to be joyful when we are facing difficulties. Uh, Another translation of this verse actually says, consider it to be a gift when you receive a trial. So when something really bad happens, you could be like, wow, thanks for that gift. I'm so glad that that's happening right now. Um, And of course, if you look at the the wording of this first verse here in James, um, it says, consider joy when... That word when, that's a tough word. It doesn't say if. It doesn't say if by chance you're so unfortunate you face trials. Nope. It says when. So if you're here in this room and you're alive, newsflash, you're going to face some trials. You're going to face some difficulties. And actually, this word trials, I like this word trials. I think trials is a real nice word, um, a nice clean word to describe all of the stuff that happens to us in life. You know, I feel like that's a good word for we can use to over-spiritualize what's going wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, let's say you, um, you oversleep, you miss your alarm, you're late to work, you don't have time for breakfast, you spill your coffee in your car, you miss a meeting, your boss is mad at you, and someone says, hey, how's your day going? And you say, I'm facing a few trials. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I've fallen into some trials. But let's be honest, though, it's, it's not that nice when it happens in real life. Trials, really, is just all the crap that we go through every single day. When, when we have a bad day, that's what he's talking about here. It's when your kid gets sick and you need to take him to the, to the doctor unexpectedly. Um, or the car won't start, battery's dead when you need it to work. Or the weather has quickly changed and there's a blizzard rolling in. Or it's when all three of these things happen at the exact same moment, which is usually how it happens, right? When that happens, we can rejoice, right? That's what you guys do, isn't it? How can you rejoice with problems? How can you rejoice with trials? How can you be happy when something bad happens? What is James talking about here? Well, Let's look at these verses, and I want to give you just a few reasons that you can be grateful for the trials, for the difficulties, for the crappy things that happen in your life, okay? So let's look at those verses again. What does James say? He says, count it joy when you fall into trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So the first reason that you can be grateful for these things is because your faith will be tested. Yay, right? Goody, I wanted my, taste, my faith to be tested. But seriously, though, we, we all go through this stuff in life. We all have problems and difficulties, sometimes greater than others. We're always facing something. And the devil would love to use those problems to tempt you 
They would love to use those things to pull you away from God. And you have a bad day, and he wants to say to you, see, God doesn't really care about you. See, he's not really taking care of you. And you know what? Don't worry. You can forget about God. You can solve this problem on your own. You can, you can fix this problem on your own. He's not doing anything for you. And that's what the devil says to us when we find those problems, when we face those things. It's easy to look at those problems with, with life and with, with our cars and with our houses and with our, our family relationships and say, God's not here. God's forgotten about me. I guess I can forget about him. But God wants to use those same situations, not to tempt us, but to test us. And for those of you who have test anxiety, let me relieve you right now. It's not a graded test. It's not a pass-fail test. You can't mess up. You couldn't mess up if you tried. Do you understand me? God puts us through those testings because he knows that it will produce strength in us. And that's what he wants in you and in me. Think of it like, um, think of it less like a test. You know, you would, when you, um, you're in school and you sit down with a piece of paper and then, the, the, uh, you know, and the, and the pencil and you take your test. It's not that kind of test. It's more like um, when you go to the weight room to work out. And I'm sure most of you, I'm sure you guys go to the weight room regularly to work out, right? So you can relate to this, right? No, but think about it, though. When you, if you can remember or imagine yourself in a weight room working out, it's a little bit of a test. You know, how many reps can I do? Can I do 10? Can I do 15? Can I throw on 10 more pounds? How much more weight can I do? And I'm testing myself. Can I get there? Can I do one more? And that testing of your strength builds your muscles, right? You guys following me? And in the same way, when your faith is tested, it's building your strength. It's exercising the muscles of your faith, if you will. And that's a good thing. Because you want your faith to be tested. You don't want untested faith, right? You don't want to trust in something that you've never tested, that you don't know how strong it is. So let me ask you this morning, has your faith been tested? Has your faith been tested? Do you believe what you've read and what you've been taught and what you've heard? Or do you believe because you've experienced it, because you've gone through something and you've proven it to be true? I could read you all the verses in the Bible about God's provision. We, could, we sang the song this morning, Jireh, he's more than enough. And we could sing about God's provision for us. But that's not the same as when you go through it and you have bills piling up and not enough money in your check account. And how am I going to pay for this? And you realize, I don't have the money. I don't have the energy. I don't, have the, I don't know what to do. This is beyond me. And then God provides for you. That is where faith is built strong. It's not built in just words, just talking about it and thinking about it. It's going through the testing that builds your faith. Amen? Um, and that is a good reason to be grateful for these trials and these challenges. Because they're strengthening our faith. It might not be fun when we're going through it, but we know the end result is going to be good for us. So that's one reason. Here's another reason that um, trials and problems are so great. Your patience will be put to work. Yay! Isn't that good? Well, it says here in verse 4, Let patience have its perfect work, that you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
So the word perfect that's used here, what it's really referring to is fully mature, fully grown, fully developed, lacking nothing is actually what it says. And that, I believe, is the work that God is doing in you. God is doing that work in you right now and in me too. He's developing me. He's maturing me. He's bringing me to be complete in him. But it takes time. Patience perfects character. But you've got to give patience enough time to work. Think of your character like a carrot. If you guys are familiar with gardening carrots, but carrots grow in the ground, in the dirt. And when you plant a garden and you know, things start to grow and it comes time to harvest things, you can see the tomatoes and you can tell when those tomatoes are ready to be picked. And they're, they're big and they're, they're juicy and they look good to eat. And the peppers, the peppers get big and you can see them. But the carrots, you can't see the carrots. The carrots are down in the ground. The growth is happening where you can't see it. It's deeper down. And if you pull the carrots, as soon as you see, like, you know, the tops of the carrots, green tops growing, and you go, yay, there's a carrot, and you pull it out, you'll have cut it short. You'll have pulled it before it was done growing, before it grows to its full, you know, it's fully mature. So don't harvest your carrots too soon. And don't stop your character from growing when you're in the middle of a trial. Uh, the Message Bible phrases it this way. It says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. Now, I'm not saying if you have a problem, you know, you shouldn't fix your car or you shouldn't replace your oven if it's breaking or, you know, you shouldn't go to the doctor if you're sick. I'm not saying you shouldn't try, try to fix the problems. But what I'm saying is you shouldn't put all of your focus on someday I'm going to be out of this and then life will be good again. Godly patience is active. Godly patience rejoices. Godly patience says, in every circumstance, I will be content when my oven works and when my oven doesn't work, when my car starts and when it doesn't start. Thank God, because God is still good. God is still my provider. He hasn't changed at all. He hasn't forgotten about me. And I believe and I bless him and I praise him and I worship him no matter what situation I'm in. That's what godly patience looks like. It doesn't mean you're not in the middle of it. It just means you worship God in the middle of it. It's joyful waiting. Can you be joyful waiting for God? So let me ask you, have you given patience enough time to work in your life? When you're in a difficult situation and you're facing a trial, have you given patience enough time? Or have you tried to get out of those difficult situations and avoid? Um... I had a, a really annoying coworker. Anyone here ever had a really annoying coworker? This is a previous job. This is not my current job. Um, but in a previous job, I had a really annoying coworker. Um, and it's just one of those people, maybe you can relate, that just always has to be right about everything, always has to point out if I make a mistake, always has to make a joke um, when I'm frustrated or annoyed or busy. Just, why? You know what I mean? And usually I dealt with this by um, passive-aggressively. That's a good way to handle those things. Um, I try to avoid him, um, try to find excuses. I'll, I you know everything he would come around, I would get a really, really important phone call that I just had to take and, and couldn't be bothered to talk to him or something like that. 
but you know, I felt bad about this, and I felt like God was, was challenging me on this, and I wanted to handle it better. So I asked God, look, God, help me to be more patient with my coworker. Help me to have a better, nicer, kinder, gentler attitude towards this coworker. So, I, you know, I was praying about that. When I went into work, I sort of, you know, pat myself up. All right, going to be nice to him today, no matter what he says. And I went in, and I, I did a great job. I really did. Uh, I mean, I laughed at his dumb jokes. I thanked him for his criticism. You know, I think even we, had, we even had lunch together one day, just trying to, like, you know, it's okay. We can look, you know, I, I can deal with this. And I thought, you know, I did great that day. But I came back the next day, and you know what? He was still there. And he was still annoying. And I was like, wait, God, no, I already did this. I'm done with this. I already was patient with him. That's it, right? Nope. Nope. I had to learn to be patient with him day after day after day after day. You get the idea. And that's how it, that's how it is. Patience needs time to work. Someone once said, it takes a lot of patience to learn patience. And that's true, isn't it? You really got to stick it out. But when we keep a patient attitude while going through these problems, character is developed. And that is something to be grateful for. Amen? I got, I got something else for you to be grateful for when you're facing trials. Your wisdom will increase. Your wisdom will grow. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. If anyone asks wisdom, let him ask God, and it will be given. And there's a great lesson here for us. You can't gain wisdom until you're ready to ask for it. And that's what trials are great for. You've got to be humble enough to say you need wisdom, and trials humble us. Isn't that great? Thank God for that. Actually, um, this is something, especially for men, we have trouble with that admitting that we need a little help. Anyone Anyone here? And actually, if you read this verse carefully, what it really says, I notice, is that it says, if any man gets lost and needs directions, let him ask his wife, who will look up those directions and will give them to him liberally, but without reproach. The first step um, is admitting you have a problem, is admitting you have a weakness, is admitting that you have a need. And that's what trials do. They bring that need right to the forefront. It's summed up really well by a saying that says, there are many who would be wise if only they didn't believe that they already were. Sometimes our belief that we're smart is the only thing stopping us. I used to be a parenting expert. I did. I used to be a parenting expert. I knew exactly what to do, what to say, how to handle kids. This was before I had kids. This is before I was a parent, but back then, you could ask me anything. I could have told you what to do. Mm -hmm. But then, as you, your parents in the room know, I uh, had kids, started became a parent, um, and I love my kids. Um, but you know, there are some difficult moments, and I realized all of the techniques, all of the plans, all the things I had read about or thought about didn't always work out the way that I thought, you know? I, I thought, well, if I do this or say that, then they'll be well-behaved. doesn't always work like that in real life. I realized I had no idea what to do. And this led me to a lot more prayer. Dear God, what do I do with these kids? Um, and talking to my wife about it, talking to other parents um, about it, reading books about it, 
um, really like saying, God, help me. Give me wisdom on how to raise these kids. I'm not a parenting expert uh, yet, again, yet. But I hope to be by the time we're done raising our kids. I hope at least by then I'll know how to do it. So when we, when we face problems, one of the first things we should do is pray. God, help me. What do I do with this? But I want to challenge you with this. When you pray, you shouldn't pray for the removal of your trial nearly as much as you should pray for wisdom on how to walk through it. Now, God is faithful. I absolutely believe God is faithful and gracious, and, he, and you know, He'll rescue us from these situations. He'll provide for us when we need. He'll heal us um, when we need. But that shouldn't be the focus of our prayers, is God, get me out of this right now. The focus of our prayer should be, God, I'm here, and I believe you're good. Help me to see it. Help me to know what to do. Help me to know how to think and how to act in the midst of this. So I'm going to ask you, have you been asking God for wisdom? I'm just going to assume that at least most of you are facing some trial in your life at this point, of some nature, some level. Have you asked God for wisdom in that? Think about it. Maybe something's coming to your mind right now. A situation with the family, finances, health, something. Have you asked God, what am I supposed to do in this? How am I supposed to approach this? But be careful what you ask for, because wisdom comes from life experience, right? If you ask God for wisdom, He's going to give it to you, but it's probably going to come the hard way. Comes from difficult experiences. I mean, think about this. If you run into a problem and you need help with a problem, who are you going to ask? You're going to ask somebody who's been there before, who's someone who has dealt with the same thing. Not somebody who just read a book about it or watched a YouTube video about it but somebody who has walked through that before. That's the kind of person who has the wisdom you want. And if you want wisdom, that's how you get it. So every challenge you face is an opportunity to grow in wisdom. Thank God, right? So this morning, um, this challenge from James uh, is, I want to challenge you to be grateful for your trials. Because God uses the trials of life to perfect us. Um. In another translation of the Bible, the, the J.B. Phillips translation translates verse 2 this way. I love it. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, don't resent those things as intruders, but welcome them as friends. He's telling us when problems arise, welcome it like a friend. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to suggest that... Um, uh, when you think about the difficult challenges in your life, your response should be, thank God for this chance to grow. Thank God for this chance to grow. In fact, if you're in the middle of something right now, maybe write that down. Put that somewhere where you'll remember it. Make a note on your phone. That's the prayer that should be on your lips when your car breaks down. Ah, thank God for the chance to grow. When you wake up and your back is sore and you still got to go to work, thank God for the chance to grow. When you find out your in-laws are staying for a couple days over the holidays, thank God for lots of chances to grow. That should be our prayer. Thank God for this chance. Are you perfect yet? Anyone in this room? Are you perfect? No. And so what that means? You can expect some trials. Because that's what God uses to grow us. But that's good news. 
Because that means if you're going through something, that means God hasn't given up on you. Amen? You're facing something difficult, you're going through something hard, and you might think, where's God in all this? He's trying to get you to grow up. That's why you're in it. That's what he's doing through it. So know that those difficulties are a reminder that God's still working on you. He's still working on something in you. Amen? Um, I'm going to close with a, uh, with a quick prayer, but before I do, I'm going to give you just a moment. Um, I'm going to give you just a moment. If something came to your mind, a challenge, a trial, a difficulty, a problem, why don't you just uh, think about that thing for a moment and thank God. Thank God. Thank God that you're not dead yet. Whatever it is, it hasn't killed you yet. <laughs> um, thank God he's gotten you this far. Thank God that he knows. He hasn't forgotten that you're in that place. Thank God that he's doing something good in you. It might be growing underground, you can't see it, but God's doing something good in you in that. So thank God for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and your provision and your care. Um, And even when we go through trials, when we go through difficulties, you are still good and we thank you for that. Um, And I pray your grace and your strength for us as we walk through these things, but I also pray your wisdom and character to be developed in us as as we walk through them. We thank you for all that you've done, and we thank you for all that you do. In your name, amen. Amen. I hope you guys have a blessed week. I hope you have a grateful week and not too many trials. Amen.